Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. And I want to ask you to open your Bibles as we begin this new series, Light and Life, to Luke chapter 2. And we're reading now Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 32. And as we open the words of Scripture, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord, it is our humble prayer that you would speak to us. You are so faithful, Lord, to, to reach out to us by your word and to reach us. And so we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to accompany your holy word that we might be fed and nourished, that we might be prepared for the week and the year ahead, and we might see you and know you better. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 32. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. We're grateful for God's word. Amen. Well... As you can see, I'm not preaching a normal sermon for you this week. I would, ordinarily, after a little break, after the Christmas holidays. But we have an extraordinary opportunity this morning as we open up this series on light and life. And we're looking at this passage. And I was looking at Simeon's declaration that under the power of the Holy Spirit, looking into Jesus' eyes, this little infant Jesus, he could see that this infant, Jesus Christ, was the Messiah and was a light, not only for the people Israel, not only consolation to the hopes of the people Israel, but a light for revelation to the Gentiles, good news for all the nations. I couldn't pass up the opportunity that we have to talk with our friend, Pastor Yusuf Samir. Pastor Yusuf Samir is lead pastor of Heliopolis Evangelical Church in Cairo, Egypt. 
And to have him here with us uh, he's, is actually an embodiment of this message that's before us. That Jesus Christ is not just a light for the people of Israel, but he's a light for all people. For all people. And uh, we had the, the birth of the infant, and this is now the, the child, the child Jesus, sort of, you know, there's a difference between uh, the, the childbirth and then having a baby in the house. <laughs> and as the people began to recognize the baby that was in the house, they realized right away, this is the fulfillment of promise. And it's a light for all people. And somehow in the, in the eyes of that infant child, were not only all the promises made to the people of Israel, but God's mission to reach people around the world. And somehow in the eyes of that child, he could already see uh, people speaking English 2,000 years later, uh, gathering on that side of the globe that they couldn't even imagine. And somehow they could see that the Egyptian people would be following the Lord in faithfulness as well. So, it's a pleasure to welcome this morning Pastor Yusuf Samir of Heliopolis Evangelical Church. Would you welcome him this morning? Thank you. So, Pastor Yusuf, would you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your church? Uh, first, I want to thank you so much for welcoming me in your midst this morning to together worship our dear Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Yusuf, which is Joseph in English. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family, and uh, this gave me, through the work of the Holy Spirit, to uh, be a true Christian, a true disciple of the Lord Jesus. Uh, I graduated first from the Faculty of Languages in uh, Cairo, uh, in a um, with a BA in a French literature. And then in one of my toughest periods in my life, uh, during my one-year mandatory uh, military service, I just sensed and saw the light of Jesus when he called me to be a full-time minister. Mm. Then after completing my one-year uh, service in the military, uh, I uh, uh, went to the uh, Cairo Seminary and graduated uh, from it uh, in 1998. And for the first 12 years in my ministry, I decided to uh, serve my home church where I grew up. So I, I stayed there serving the Lord for 12 years. On 2010, I uh, started my uh, ministry as assistant pastor in Heliopolis Evangelical Church, which is a a church in the east part of Cairo. And then on 2015, I became the lead pastor of this church. Uh, And also I'm um, teaching in the uh, Cairo Seminary two courses. Uh, The first one is biblical preaching, and the second one is the Christian of, uh, the the history of Christian worship. Nowadays, I'm pursuing my doctoral uh, degree in the Robert Weber Institute of Worship Studies in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mm. Uh, I um, have my wife, uh, Nermin. She is an Arabic uh, tutor for foreigners in Cairo. 
and I have a son, Michael, who is uh, studying his third year in political science at the University of Chicago. And my uh, daughter, Sarah, uh, she is studying her, her th uh, second year in mass communication as a in mass communication degree in the Cairo University. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful family. And um, we graduated seminary around the same time and have some similar backgrounds and just a little bit of military service and, yeah. um, and the way that the my calling into ministry also came when I was doing uh, military training. Okay. And uh, I don't know, it can be clarifying, I guess, <laughs> some of those moments. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about Heliopolis. So it's Heliopolis. Say that with me, Heliopolis. Yeah, right. Heliopolis, which means uh, city of the sun or something yeah. like that. But yes. it's a part of Cairo. Tell us a little bit more about Heliopolis Evangelical Church. Okay. Uh, in general, the Presbyterian Church in Egypt uh, started with the coming of the Scottish missionaries to Upper Egypt in the mid of the 19th century. And as for HEC, Heliopolis Evangelical Church, it was founded on 1922. Uh, I am the fourth senior pastor of this church. The size of our congregation is uh, about 2,000 members. And the same number uh, as um, just um, uh, those who come, but they are, not, they are not registered as members. So all in all, it's about 4,000 people who come and, and uh, worship in our church. Um, this makes uh, Heliopolis Church maybe the second largest uh, church in Egypt and maybe in the uh, whole Middle East. Um, and... For our partnership with, uh, with uh, uh, First Press, it started in 2011 when I was invited to uh, attend a um, partnership conference that was held in this uh, campus. And since then, our partnership, we are blessed that we have this um, ongoing uh, strong partnership with your dear church. Now... Um being a Christian and being one of the, the most influential churches in Cairo uh, is not easy. It's uh, not easy to, to stand for Christ in the Middle East. So what gives you and Heliopolis Church strength to, to carry on in a distinctly non-Christian environment? As you've said, Jitim, uh, uh, being a Christian in the Middle East is not... Uh, an easy position. And being the minority of the minority, because the Christians in Egypt, they are the minority. If the evangelical or the Presbyterians are the minority of the minority. So this makes, uh, this makes it so um, um, uh, just uh, very difficult for us to live as a minority in, in our country. Um, however, I can discern one main thing that has helped, helped us and sustained us in our ministry and our witness to Christ in this um, difficult situation. Uh, this is prayer, the prayer of the church in Egypt and the prayer of our brothers and sisters all over the world for the faithful and for the church in Egypt. I can just may mention... 
um, just one um, instance where we can see how prayer can just lift us up and strengthen us in our um, um, daily ongoing ministry for uh, the Lord Jesus. Um, the difficult years of the Arab Spring revolutions uh, that came to the Middle East or started in the Middle East since 2011, where um, the domin dominion of the Muslim Brotherhood started in our country and, and in many Arab countries. Uh, this was a very difficult um, situation. This was very difficult years for us as Christian in Egypt and all in, and the, in, in all the, the, the Arab world. And just to mention that um, this difficult situation has created a very strong wave of prayers throughout Egypt. In those days, you can, you, you can see the whole churches are full, are packed of uh, just believers who were crying to the Lord to save us from the um, severe dominion of the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, one, in one occasion, on 11-11-2011, more than 70, 70,000 believers from all the denominations, the Egyptian denominations, the Copts, the Catholics, the Presbyterians, the brethren, they were just gathered in one, one big church uh, in Cairo, 70,000, 70, um, and they were shouting for more than they started the prayers on 6 p.m. and they finished at 6 a.m. So it's what, 12, 12 hours of prayers. And as you will see now, they were shouting for more than one hour in the name of Jesus. Shouting the name of Jesus. Jesus, save us. Jesus, save us. This is footage from a, that prayer event. If you, if you look uh, online at something called the Cave Church in Garbage City, Cairo, you're going to be blown away by the stories of this and uh, the Christians uh, gathered for uh, a unified service of prayer, and it started and carried right on. They just didn't stop. They kept praying, they kept singing, they kept praying, they kept singing for 12 hours. It was meant just to be, I think, a couple of hours in the evening that first night, and it just moved and carried on and carried on, and it has been viewed on, on uh, YouTube and online. It was a, a very um, powerful, unifying, powerful yes. movement of, of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how is the church then <clears throat> sustained during times of persecution and threat? Yeah, during the last... Eight years since the Arab Spring um, just exploded in the Middle East, um, our country has had witnessed one of the um, worst waves of terrorist attacks, especially on the Copts uh, and the, the Coptic churches. 
uh, I must admit that all those attacks were executed by the Islamist fanatics uh, from ISIS, um, from um, the Muslim Brotherhood, and some other uh, Islamist uh, terrorists uh, who came to Egypt, whether from Libya or from Gaza, from, from Palestine. May, maybe I can just um, say two incidents. The first one, which was the worst one, was the slaughtering of 21 um, very poor Copts workers who were living and working in Libya. And they were just um, uh, taken by the ISIS and they were slaughtered, all of them, on the shores of Libya on 2016. And we cannot, um, um, however long we, we live, we cannot uh, uh, just, um, uh, I cannot forget those dying people who were shouting like the 70,000 in, 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 in the cave church. They were shouting the name of Jesus while they were dying. Mm. We cannot forget this, uh, what happened in, in Libya. And that's, this was very, very insightful uh, accident in the life of the church. It was a historical moment in the life of, of the church to see very simple and very poor workers just shouting. They didn't beg them, the, their, their killers, to just to, to, to release them. Mm. What they just did, that they just shouted the name of Jesus while dying. The other incident, it was 10 days ago, in the um, f January 5th. Um, uh, we celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January. So the Christmas Eve is on the 6th of January. So an Islamic terrorist went on the um, top, on, on the roof of a mosque uh, in the face of a, of a church, in a Coptic church in, in, in Cairo. And he has put just uh, a kind of missile proje projector with three or uh, two or three bombs and he was going just to project those bombs using his phone mobile when the worshippers come from come out from the church after praying on christmas eve thanks be to god that the imam of the of the mosque he found he discovered the presence of this missile projector then he went to the police and the police came uh, an officer, an Islamic, uh, an Muslim, an Islam, a Muslim officer, um, tried to disarm the, the 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 bombs, but unfortunately they 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 blew up and he didn't make it. But thanks be to God that if this had happened or this would happen, um, this this will be a, a big problem because the cops will will will. Um, will we'll say that the, the, the Muslims, the, the mosque, is the, is the, is the one who, who did that, and this would be a very, very difficult situation. So thanks be to God, because 
um, we, we, we sense the, the presence of God, the power of God in our midst, in, in our country. Um, something else that I can say, that um, though these, are, these accidents are happening in Egypt, we thank God because he is intervening in a very miraculous way in our country. Um, the, Muslim, the Muslim Brotherhood, who took power on June 20, 2012, kept telling us that we will not leave the power in Egypt before 500 years. And when we heard this, we started praying, praying, and praying. You know, now, you know what? Before one year, before one year, they were expelled from the authority in Egypt. Thirty, thirty-three million Egyptian went out to the streets shouting against them. I was in the street with my family for three consecutive days, just shouting against them to go out of the power in Egypt. So thanks be to God. Other thing that we, we really thanks, thanks God um, uh, because, uh, the, because he, has, he has offered us uh, a, very, a very loving president, the President El-Sisi. President El-Sisi was the first president in the history of Egypt to come to the Coptic Cathedral to congratulate the, the Christians in Egypt for the Christmas and the New Year. He was the first one to do it. This, we, we wouldn't dream of this before 10 or 20, 20 years. This was a dream. But what, happened, what is happening now in Egypt is a real shift to see our president to come to the cathedral to say to us Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. So, this is God. This is God. News events, news events, that, uh, news events that for us can seem very far away are very present to, to Pastor Yusuf and the Heliopolis Church that we partner with, uh, such as the, the bombing on, on, um, in December of 2016 within a sanctuary and... Um, and then uh, attacks on Palm Sunday uh, in 2017. And I remember when visiting, uh, recognizing that uh, Heliopolis has uh, uh, bomb uh, structures, uh, bomb shield structures in front of the church and uh, metal detectors to enter the church. And you see the people gather for worship. And I asked of the few, a few of the people, are you ever frightened uh, to gather for worship? And uh, I asked a, an elderly woman of your congregation, and the resolve in her eyes when she turned to me and said, I would never miss worshiping my Lord, was just, uh, it, it moved me. That's something I won't, I won't forget. And so it's, a, it's an encouragement to have you here and, um, and to know that in the same way that the church has been suffering the Lord has been, has been opening up doors in Egypt for the gospel. 
And so I'll ask you this question, and then we'll speak just a little bit more about, about it. But um, as we read this passage, and we're talking about Simeon's recognition of the baby Jesus, what do you believe Simeon was saying when uh, in Luke uh, 2, 29 to 32, he was recognizing that uh, Jesus Christ was a light for revelation to the Gentiles? Yes, Tim, once you have sent me this text as your worship text for this day, I was at once, um, I, I, I at once remembered the conversion of the most terrorist man, or terrific man in the New Testament, which was uh, Paul of Tarsus. Mm-hmm. And what just blew my mind in his story that before he was converted, he saw the light of Christ. And I um, consider that our presence in Egypt as Christians, if this light who is shining before uh, people come to Christ, they have to see our light first before they come to Christ. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, he was really um, um, moved when he saw the light of Christ in Stephen when he was dying. Mm. And this light who was in Stephen just was um, put in the, in, the, in the inside, in the heart of, of Saul the Tarsus. Of Tarsus, and then when the, the when the time came to be converted, this light was just showing, mm-hmm. shown up in in his life. So I think that the church in Egypt uh, is playing the role of the pre-light, the light which come before people come to Christ. They have to see our light shining, booming in their midst before. And then they will, they will just ask about, what is this light, Lord? Who are these people? I want to, to tell you something, that after one terrorist attack, uh, one of the mother was interviewed in the television. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer was just wanting her to, to say some um, um, revenge words. And she kept saying that, I forgive the killers of my daughter. I forgive them. And then the interviewer, I cannot, I cannot forget what his words. He's, he, he told her, who are you, you Christians? What are you, you Christians? How can you do this when your, your daughter is killed? How can you forgive? I cannot imagine that there are people like this in our world. Mm. So it was a real witness to our, it was the light mm. that we are, we are talking about this day. The light of, the, of, 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 of Jesus, which, which shines in the midst of our country, our dear Muslims, our dear mm, just uh, Christians, but who, 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 who do not believe in the Lord or who, who are not disciples. So our light 
should shine among them. Mm. Amen. Does Amen. Jesus... As, as Jesus is the light of the, of the world, he taught us, he called us, saying that you are the light of the, of the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We've been partnering with this church since uh, 2011. At the beginning of the partnership, uh, you know, churches in Egypt... Uh, they couldn't even draw a building license to repair their own buildings. This was, a, as Pastor Yusuf said, a minority of the minorities. And they were disregarded and, and, um, and often put in great places of great discomfort. Uh, from this period where Christians have been publicly and openly persecuted by Islamic terrorism, and they've responded in the ways that they have, the government has opened up all kinds of things. This is the first time ever since uh, Islam came to Egypt that a sitting leader, ruler, president of that country has sat for Christmas Eve services in a Christian context. First time. And this church, Heliopolis Church, who, uh, who couldn't, uh, couldn't, plant any churches, couldn't evangelize, conversion is illegal, that your religion is on your driver's license in that country. This church is now um, free to plant as many churches as they would like. And just in the last, uh, is it five years, have planted eight churches around the city of Cairo uh, to reach Christians for Christ. So it's a, it's a joy to be partnered together. And you can see why it's one thing for Pastor Tim to get up here and tell you today, Simeon saw Jesus as light for revelation to the Gentiles. And that means that uh, people can accept Christ all over the world. You know, for me to talk like I always do at you, that would have been one thing, right? <laughs> but to have our friend Pastor Yusuf come and embody the truth of this, to tell stories of Egypt where Christians... Are, are growing in faith, where churches are opening up, where, friends, where the Holy Spirit is, is moving in ways to touch people's hearts and open them up to the gospel that you would not believe. Miraculous ways, dreams, uh, prayers, uh, miraculous ways that the Holy Spirit is at work to open up the gospel in that region. Uh, this is embodied in, in, uh, in having Pastor Yusuf with us today. So we're very grateful for you, you to so come much. and help us to receive the scripture today. Thank you so much. And, uh, and let me pray for you. And uh, Lord, we're just, we're so grateful for our friendship that you bind us together as Christians straight around the globe. We're grateful, Lord, that in the eyes of the infant Jesus, somehow all of us were already seen. These, um, these people in, in America, these people in Egypt, these people straight across the world, Lord, that would respond to your gospel and know your light. So we pray for your light to shine. We pray for your life, Lord, to go straight across this world. And we pray, Lord, for your gospel. We pray for your name to be proclaimed and for salvation to come. Glorify your name in all the earth. And bless Pastor Yusuf and his ministry. Continue, Lord, to embolden his people. Pour out your spirit on his elders and leadership and teachers and every member of that congregation that they would worship in courage, uh, 
that they would gather in strength and that they would be light and life for their city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.